and welcome to Generation of Faith. Host Vicendo Smith here with Lee Franklin. Hello. And Jelani Hawes. Yo. Let us about me before we go in into a deep dive. I am 16 years old. I'm from California. I love God and I am really passionate about saving souls. Um, Atalo Ministries is a ministry that me and a few other preachers uh, of the gospel started for young people. Atalo in the Greek means youthful. And we really wanted to do something for the young people. Um, so that's a little about me and a little about what I do here at Atalo. Um, I'm also over the social media right now at Atalo Ministries, as well as I sit on the board of directors. Um, yeah, that's about me. What about you, uh, Lee? Go ahead. Introduce um, yourself to the people. So, hi, I'm Lee. I am 16. I am I'm passionate about Christ. Um, I do. I like music. I like um, a bunch of other stuff. I, I'm basically a whole music lover. I'm a band kid. You, I guess you could consider me a theater kid. I'm basically everything music and band related. So, um, and um, what's called Lucendo just came out of nowhere and just dragged me. And that's when he do you want to do this podcast with us? He want to do this podcast with us? And at first I was like, no, but I was like, I am, I really wanted to do it because, you know, it's cool that I get to, you know, talk about my faith with other people. And I'm very glad to be here. And uh, Jelani, you want to introduce yourself to the pod? Yes, yes, yes. Hello. My name is Jelani, but you can just call me Jay. Um, I am not as passionate about religion as these two because I'm more new to it. So I'll be bringing um, a more fresh perspective and outside look on things that maybe you wouldn't think of. Um, I'm 15. I live in California. Me and Masendo go to the same school. Um, very good friends. Very good. Amazing person. Sometimes. Um, I play football. Uh, I love to draw. I like music as well as Lee. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of hobbies, but those are just some of the main ones. Hey, man. Um, he's a really good ball player, by the way. If you're uh, ever in town, you ought to see him play a good ball player. Yes, we'll but, um, the link to my account. These, these two people are in North Carolina, and I'm just chilling. Down in North Carolina, in North Carolina. I mean, I said North Carolina. You said that right. California. And I'm <laughs> yeah. in North Carolina. Yeah. Just chilling. Yeah. I'm the Southern. But we love you Southern. anyway. Yeah, well, the I'm, I think I'm more South Southern than you, but that's a conversation for mm, you. Not really. Not really. Not really. Uh, I, you know what? I'm more Louisiana than you. Put it that way. I'm more Because you're from Louisiana. Because I'm from, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying a dog is more dog than a cat it's a dog like i don't know sometimes you see a dog and wonder what are you mixed with <laughs> oh wow see me personally dog's pronouns dog's pronouns <laughs> we're not ever going to talk about that but yeah. anyway um let me just share with you all a little about this podcast and what motivated atalo to um team up with Generation of Faith, which, if you remember, is a podcast that me and Lee originally did 
um, under my personal ministry, Masendo Smith Youth Ministries, which has uh, um, combined forces with Italo to make a stronger um, body of Christ in the universal church to fulfill the Great Commission. Um, Generation of Faith uh, is a youth-based podcast. And Atalo is a youth-based ministry. Um, so the board of directors reached out uh, with the consent of me to Lee um, and Jay. And we decided it was in the best interest of all parties that Atalo Ministries has a podcast. Um, this is one of three podcasts in the works right now. Depending on how this one goes, um, even more than three podcasts will be coming out. Um, but soon enough, we will have a podcast go over the, um, the Bible with the young people um, going over uh, a lot of other different things, including worship. Um, but this this podcast is the first of many uh, that will be under Italo. And it's all about just, we're just having fun and talking, but we're also um, giving you a youth-based insight on what it means to be a Christian. Um, this generation is losing their faith slower and slower. And it's sometimes maybe because of tradition. It's sometimes maybe because of too much pressure from the outside forces. Maybe it's sometimes, depending on what kind of church they were raised in, Whatever the case is, though, the important thing is that they are um, willing to listen to us and maybe through what we say, uh, even though we may joke a lot, maybe something that we will say will stick on to them and take them to a church one day and they, they might be saved. Because that's the ultimate goal of the ministry, to save souls, to fulfill that great commission that the Lord Jesus has given, given us. Um, so that's just a little introduction to the podcast, and probably the most serious we will get throughout the time. Um, but um, now I will hand the floor over to Jelani for our first topic. I swear, Gary. Um, let's see. How was your guys' day? Anything fun happen? Anything interesting? Anything new? Um, no, not really. I mean, <laughs> what did happen was like I can't. I. I can't say what happened much, but like my day was pretty chill, you know. I um, what's it called? I um, I read my, I read my Bible today. I started reading. I'm starting a thing where I'm gonna go to the beginning of the Bible and start reading it straight through. And I started in Genesis, so that's cool. Um, thank God I woke up this morning. Uh, it's a Monday. Uh, it, not much has happened today, but of course. Um, start of the new week, and we just started a new semester at school, new quarter technically, but um, yes. basically a new semester. Um, so not much was going on in our first period. We were really just chilling out. Second period, we did some math. Um, by the way, that's my least favorite subject. By the way, um, math is an amazing subject. I didn't have to go to school all days. That's that's a blessing. See, see how God works in His life. <laughs> um, but we started the new semester. Not much was happening today. It was just a pretty chill day, 
And um, you start your new semester already. Um, we're in a quarter system. Oh, it's weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you started so a new quarter. Quarter, but technically semester. We call it mester. We don't have. We don't really have semesters at our school. We have mesters because each is broken into about. Is it ten or twenty weeks, Johnny? Um, ten. Well, do you switch? Well, do you switch? Do you switch? Um, do you switch classes? Usually, yeah. During the school year, yeah. So that's then. So then you have semesters. Yeah, but they're called masters. California is we- dumb. You're going to insult a lot of Californians <laughs> who are going <laughs> to listen to this. They're going to find you and they're going to be very upset with you. Um, Next is going to be North Carolina versus South Carolina versus California. English. English. Come on. English. English is hard. Gonna, English is hard. Maybe that's, that's, <laughs> that's going to be a podcast we should do. English is hard. Yes. English is yes. very English hard. Is hard. Who created what English? Terrible, terrible is person. It? Is it ABC? Why is English? ESD? Oh. Elemental P. Anyway, how is your day, Jill? Um, highlight of your day. What happened? Um, better question would be: Was there a highlight? Because highlight of my day was going to practice and feeling like I had to throw up the whole time. Which, to be fair, means that I'm doing good, putting in work. You feel me? But. It's just ugh, so much to juggle between school and then I have to go to track practice, which is another sport I play. And then I have to play football and then I have to come home and do different chores and stuff like that. So it's very casually very, showing uh, off just his athletics yeah. right quick. Just casual. I mean, I am the most athletic of the group. I'd say Masendo is the brains and Lee is probably the most creative. So definitely. We have That's a creative genius right there. Um, <laughs> I'm the more Sorry, practical what? one. Um, you are a creative genius. Take take your props while you can. We're giving you your flowers while by you're way, still alive. By the way, yeah. By the way, yeah. I make lo-fi music, so if you want to check me out, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, seamless plugs. Sorry, I had to, just to just casually myself. showing off. All right. Just, yeah, so right. If you want to check out so my football clips, uh, Max Burks. I wasn't going to mention it at all, but you said something about it, so yeah. <laughs> and me, you probably will. What do I have to show off? This is what I have to show off. This is my creation, the Talo Ministries. That's what I have to show off. Not much, but we're saving souls. I'm trying at least. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Jelani, now do you want Start us off with our daily question. Uh, our daily question. Well, wouldn't it technically be more of a weekly question since we're uploading these weekly? That's true. Weekly question. Yes. Weekly question. Our question of the week is gas versus electric. Like I uh, said before, um, anything, anything you think of, anything that is started gas and maybe is becoming electric because of uh, global warming and earth and co2 greenhouse gases all that kind of stuff maybe they're making a change but what do you think is better what do you think will last longer and what do you think is ultimately going to be our demise i guess because neither one of them are good for the environment but 
one could potentially be more harmful than the other. So that's what we're going to figure out. And who wants to kick us off with this conversation? I I, I can go. I'll go. So I never have done that much research. I've always heard about it, but I've never done that much research into electric cars, you know, (laughs) gas cars. I was there. I'm not a big car. I'm not a big car person. Um, One thing I can say, though, is this. Electricity. It fills us a lot. Not a little bit, but it can fill us a lot. And electricity, when you think about it, can sometimes not be that reliable. And it can easily be something that you can just hack into. It can be easily something that can be controlled. And that's that. But electricity, I will say, can be less harmful to the environment. It can be less, you know, um, because like, you know, like he was saying, there's like a bunch of stuff going on with pollution and stuff like that. It can be that's why it can be less harmful in certain ways like that. Um, Gas cars. The world has survived on gas cars for years now. Gas is not good for us. It's not really good for the environment. They're not good, you know, for anything at all. And they've been polluting the earth forever, but we've been using it forever. So we know good and well that it can be reliable. All I got to do is buy some gas. And I mean, it's not like, it's not like gas can fail you. Cause it's nothing like, it's nothing like, oh, there's electricity in the gas. So there's a part that you got to put in. No, no, it's, it's gas. It, it, it does its job. All you got to do is put it into your car and car goes. It's not like that. You know, if we did like, a, I, like I always get, I always, when I hear electric, when I hear electric, when I hear about electric cars, like Tesla and stuff, I just sometimes imagine like Apple making a car and um, if Apple made a car, you go up to your phone, you're like just talking to me, like, uh, Siri, please turn car on. And then the Siri is just like, what do you I mean? Do you did you say turn car and go? And you're like, no, Siri, I said, don't go. And like, I just imagine like horrific things happening. Because sometimes I would tell Siri to do car. something and like Siri will not do that. It will do like the complete opposite. Like you ask Siri, you're like, you're like, Siri, call dad. And then like Siri will be like, calling your boss. I'm like, no, I don't want to call my boss. You'll <laughs> be like, or, like or, 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 you're, or you're like, <laughs> I had an example, but I forgot that this is going to be a Christian podcast. So I can't see it. <laughs> but let's just say, I mean, since it's going to, since y'all, I guess y'all are the generation, I'm going to say this very for y'all. Let's say like, you mean to like, you mean that you're like, you're saying Siri, you know, Siri, call my girlfriend. And like Siri ends up calling your ex. I mean, I'm just that would be that would be horrific. Yeah. So imagine stuff like that, but in a car <clears throat> sense. That is dangerous. So like electricity is just not that reliable, and it's not that. I don't think cars should be trusted with that responsibility, and electricity should be electricity should not be um, trusted with that responsibility. Y'all words are hard. English is difficult. <laughs> that's it. That's that's what my side I gotta say. Um, well, since I know that you just exclaimed that you're not the biggest car enthusiast in the world, but for me and Masendo, that happens to be a different story. So Masendo, would you like to kick off, well, not kick off, but uh, add on or piggyback to what uh, Lee was saying for probably what's going to be me and your most likely debate with Lee (laughs) chiming in every once in a while? I don't know if we would debate about this, to be honest with you. Um, 
I'm going to give you two aspects on this. I'm going to give you a Christian aspect, and then I'm going to give you a personal aspect. Um, a Christian aspect. Yeah. Um, another thing about me. I love science. I love facts. I love proof. I love theories. I love testing stuff. So I'm the science person in the group. Sendo hates science. He's a weirdo. We don't talk about him. Um, science. I like history. My life. Yeah, yeah, history repeats itself. Garbage. Science That's is my life. life. And you probably will hear me talking about a, line, a lot of scientific terms. You might not know. You might know. Um, it's just, it might be very hectic, uh, which is another reason why I wasn't fully into the idea of religion because I like hardcore proof of stuff. Um, not a belief that maybe it could be, or maybe it is based on, uh, based on other relying factors in the past, but you know, go ahead, Macendo. Yeah. So, um, a Christian aspect, like I was saying, of this thing, um, God gave us the world, and he gave us dominion over the world. We're rulers of this world. This is our kingdom. Um, and he said, be fruitful and multiply in the world. And he told you, also take care of it. And during the Industrial Revolution, we really saw the boom of just pollution and less people caring about the environment, less environmental regulations, no one cared. They were looking to make a quick buck. They were looking to make their dollar and leave. And now, you know, we, we had some um, conservationists in American history. We had Teddy Roosevelt. We had, uh, believe it or not, Richard Nixon. We had... Um, Eisenhower did a few environmental protections, but um, and LBJ too. So we had some environmental regulations. The Reagan administration came in and swept most of the EPA away, um, and it's really been now a polarized issue. But I'm not taking a political side on this. I'm just telling you the facts, and the facts of the matter is that. I don't think God is happy with what we have made of his world. And gas has just, gas taking a look back from the environment, a step back from the environment. Just imagine the father looking down on his people. People are getting murdered over oil. People are getting slaughtered over oil. Thousands of lives have been lost over oil. And I'm reminded of a verse and it says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And I find that to be facts. I was in uh, English today and we were talking about what are most wars fought over? What is most things fought over? And everyone said gas, oil. Oil is the most precious natural resource right below water. And some people would even put it over water because of the money they make, the millions and millions and billions of dollars that they have accumulated over the years because of oil and the oil industry. And I'm just saying, what would the father say? What would the father think about all of this happening? Um, it isn't good for the environment. It isn't good for people. And it isn't well for souls. People are dying and have died because of oil plants and oil drills and all of these things. 
So I just think that God weeps when he, um, I wouldn't say he regrets putting oil on the world, but I bet he just weeps just seeing people fighting over um, this most precious resource. And then here's my personal, I'll put a personal spin on it. Um, Drilling, of course, is horrible for the environment. Offshore drilling is horrible for the environment. All just oil is bad for the environment. and with that being said, there's an expiration date on oil. It, you know, um, there's this country song that I love, and it's called "Buy Dirt." Um, and one of the verses said, "Thank the good Lord for it, because He ain't making any more of it." And that's almost that's every natural resource. God is not going to touch anything on this earth other than His people. He's not going to replenish anything that we have. taken once it once it's gone it's gone and it cannot come back he's not making any more oil the oil that this earth had from the beginning it will have to the end of the times so i look at it like this if we're running out of a resource there has to be some kind of way where we can say okay what's next and um Lee, you gave an example of Tesla. I don't trust Tesla. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Tesla gets in too many accidents for me to ever get behind the wheel of Tesla. I wouldn't drive a Tesla. I wouldn't buy a Tesla. I wouldn't want my worst enemy driving a Tesla. I don't trust him. Um, but there's a lot of electric cars I do trust. GM is making electric cars now. Ford is making electric cars. I love the Ford F-150. And now they made the F-150 Lightning, which is an electric uh, truck, electric pickup truck. And I, I'm in love with that car. It's a beautiful car. Um, the Ford Mustang Mach-E um, is an electric uh, Ford, and I love both those cars. Um, I don't particularly like the shape of the Mach-E, but uh, it's, a, it's a nice car, and they run good. Um, GM wants to go fully electric by 35. So there's a lot of cars that actually are reliable than are electric and this is going to be the way of cars but cars only make they're not a hundred percent not fifty percent even of what oil is being used for oil is being used in war oil is being used in our homes oil oil is a most precious natural resource but it has an expiration date and we do have to find um, alternative sources of what we're going to do with it and how we're going to um, supplement after all the oil is gone. Yeah. Is that your uh, final statement? That's my final statement until you say something I disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I have a few things written down here just so I can uh, remember. So, gas, electricity, two very common sources of power. Um, as you have said, gas does, I mean, oil does have an expiration date. It won't be around forever. Uh, we won't be able to use it forever. And it, um, it is not the best in terms of 
the chemical compounds that we could use. There's different ways, uh, different chemicals we can combine to make a better version of gas where we don't have to drill fossil fuels. I was talking to my chemistry teacher about this. There's different things we can do, hydrocarbons, um, nitric fuel, other stuff like that. Um, and I looked up that cars in the U.S., just the U.S. and just cars alone, just like Macendo said, um, cars are one of the small things that oil is used for. So just imagine this number in a multitude of different things, planes, war, buildings, drills for that matter, all this kind of stuff multiplied by like 10 because this is just a small amount and this is only in the U.S. So I looked up how much carbon emissions come from cars. And what I found out is that around 4.6 metric tons. See, metric tons sounds like a lot. And it is, don't get me wrong. It's 2,000, around 2,200 pounds. So imagine that times five, basically, just floating around in the air every year. And you're inhaling that into your lungs. A lot of people think that the air you inhale is just regular O2. No, it's a combination of different stuff. It's a combination of gas, combination of O2, nitrous, phosphorus, carbon, nitrogen, whatever you could think of. Whatever chemical that's on the periodic table that is not a solid, probably full around in the air somewhere. And it's harmful. It's not good for you. Sulfur, um... No, not sulfur, my fault. Chlorine gas is a gas that will stick to your lungs and rip uh, rip your lungs apart because it's missing electrons. So it will take the electrons from your lung and just destroy your lungs. And you know what has chlorine gas in it? Everything. Salt is literally um, has chlorine in it. And the only reason it doesn't rip you apart is because it has another chemical bound to it to where it has that other electron. So imagine if you took salt and you separated the chlorine and uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what the other component is. You separated that sodium, that's what it is, NaCl, that's salt. Imagine if you separated that too and you just had um, sodium on the table, like in a powder form or something, and then you had chlorine gas in the air mixed with all this other stuff. Imagine how um, harmful that could be to you. Oil is used for things like gasoline, kerosene, diesel fuel, asphalt to make roads, crayons, petroleum jelly, Vaseline, if you don't know, lipstick, makeup products, shampoo, toothpaste, and that's just some of the basic ones. So it definitely isn't the most safe thing in the world. I think there are better options like hybrid cars, not fully electric, not fully gas. And it's a mix of two and it saves both resources. Now, electric cars, like you guys are saying, not very reliable. Electricity fails on us all the time. Um, it doesn't have the highest completion rate for stuff. So, like, say you had a candle and you lit the candle, it'll probably burn for up to 50 hours. But if you had an electric candle with batteries in it, imagine how long that lasts. So, would you rather have a car that could be potentially harmful to you, but will... It won't die on you. It won't cost you extra money. Or would you rather have a car that maybe it's less harmful, but 
in the end, in the long run, it's more expensive. But then we get into the argument of are electric cars really more or less harmful? Because the lithium battery that they use can take up to like 10 and 15 years to the, to, what's the word? The, um, the, the, the dissolve? No. Decompose. Decompose, yes. To decompose in the earth. While gas can be reused over and over again. So, what's really better? Gas, where it creates carbon emissions in the air and it's harmful and all that. Or lithium batteries to where they get put in the earth and wreaks havoc on the soil, the environment, our water. All that chemicals to leak into our water and make uh, our fresh water, which only like 2.5%, I think, went down. Fresh water in the uh, in the world worse. We'll have less drinking water, and then that's another thing we'll be fighting over besides oil, gas, money, water. We're slowly losing all our water, becoming salt water, mixing with the oceans, with the icebergs because it's melting. The earth is heating up because of the carbon emissions. So, like, it's called coming full circle, you know. So, is there really a thing we can do to stop it, or do we just roll with it, or it's up to the future to decide? I guess. It's honestly a hard thing because it's like <clears throat> either either thing we choose, you know, it's not going to be like it's it's still going to be a hard thing to figure out. Because, I mean, if we pick electric cars, it's still going to be harming the earth in some way. If we pick gas cars, we're still going to be harming earth in the way in some way. And, you know, there's no real way out of it. I think that's really a hard one. Um, one thing I will say is that I feel like the reason you know people will invest their time into maybe trying to get electric cars because they are so expensive and i wonder um because i know our government talks a lot about you know let's get rid of gas cars and let's really go full full on electric like they have some people are some counties and some schools are actually getting electric school buses now and um i, I mean that's it's a, it's it's a thing that is slowly becoming normal, I think. It's not, it's not there yet, but it's a thing people are starting to, you know, adapt to and try out. It's just a question of, you know, will it be, I wonder if electric cars will be the new normal in our society soon and if gas cars will just be thrown away. Or if we do decide to do hybrid, which I think will probably be um, the best decision, but yeah. yeah. Any last thoughts about this? Um, I think we should go around one by one saying our final um, final answer, gas or electric. Wait. Uh, I don't know anything. Man, that's, I wish I could say hybrid because I would. I'm guessing <laughs> I'm going to go with um, gas. Um, I say electric. I think I think gas is better, but I do think that electricity will probably be our future. Yeah, and that that's kind of hard. If it was up to me, I'd make you all walk. Anyway. It isn't. <laughs> if, it was up to yeah. me, if, if it was up to me, everyone would just start riding a bike, get some exercise. Yes, that I feel like that's what America needs to do. Get rid of all the cars. Be like Japan, where only the rich people or the very wealthy people have access to cars, and everyone else is either walking, 
writing our bodies. Public transportation our is public pretty transportation. bad. Yeah, it's impossible without public transportation. Like, and, and and it's it's, and it's just a mess. Like you are you're at the bus and like just it's just California yeah, is really not the state you can survive in without a car. Say <laughs> New York, probably. New York, you can. Yeah. As long as you're in the city, though. Yeah, you can't just be like in the middle of nowhere. I say downtown LA is a good one of the good places. As long as you're anywhere. As long as you're going to stay there, though. Yes. As long as you can afford to stay there. Let's not even get talking about the costs of stuff. I'm not just talking about rent, but I'm talking about you got a shop down there. Everything has to be done down there. If you're not going to own a car. You could Uber, which is another thing that's taking over. But it's very expensive. It's expensive. Like, but I mean, if you're living in downtown LA, is it really that big of a deal to you? Some people, their jobs pay for it. Mm. Well, how about this? How about we just go back to riding camels? Or, or not. I was about to say... <laughs> I was about to say a KJV word. Our donkeys. Oh. I'm Jesus. What is wrong with you people? Anyways, okay. Um, uh, is that our answers? Oh, I guess we can uh, move on to the next topic. So we're going to talk about, um, you know, a little bit about how we got into the faith and how we kind of, you know, how we kind of start as Christians and stuff. And maybe we can talk about if we, maybe we can talk about a little bit like where we are in our faith. Um, I think what we should do for this one, I, I know I was going to start off, but I want to, I'm, I'm just curious. Um, I want to start off to hear, I, I, I think we should hear the Jelani first. Cause I mean, he's new to this. Uh, see, this is not, not a difficult topic, but it's uh, not, a well-brought-up topic, I guess, because my family is Christian, but we're not really, like, Christian-Christian family. Like, we we believe in God and all that, all that good stuff, but we don't actively go to church or actively read the Bible or anything like that. But with me, it's a little bit different because... I, like I said before, I like science. I like facts. So as I got older, it's hard for me just to believe in the thought of just someone or something up there looking down at us, maybe even multiple people looking down at us, people that died going to heaven or hell, maybe looking up at us. Um, It's just a hard concept for me to grasp because like, if you can't prove it's there, then what's your argument? People bring up the argument all the time. Oh, well, air, you can't see air, but you know it's there. See, but that's different. You can take a jar, scoop up some air out of the air. You could put it under a microscopic lens to look at all the chemicals that's in it. Proof, you have air, proof that it's there. You can't really do that with a person. I was talking to, um, Masendo, you know her. I was talking to Aaliyah about this, uh, I was telling her that I can't just take one of God's toenails and put it under a microscope and say, oh, yeah, he's there. It's a little bit more complicated than that. The don't 
I don't want to misquote something, but uh, I don't know too much about this. But as far as I know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. The only basis we have to go off of that there is a higher power is the Bible, which was an older book that was uh, written by multiple people about the stories, about their stories, about God and their, um, their experiences. And people like modern day people's um, experiences with faith and maybe they've had like a vision or an out of body experience, etc. So I haven't had really anything like that happen to me. So I can't say I do fully believe or I don't fully believe. I would like to believe because I think that it would help me go through some of the tougher times that I go through just being a person. Um, I would like to have something to fall back on like that. But as I said, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around that idea without physical proof. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have, I'm going next. Are you? I'm just gonna. You're gonna go next. I'm just gonna jump off of it. Um, I've been evangelizing for now six years, seven years. So that means I have interacted with a lot of souls that do not have a full commitment to Christ and are either atheist or spiritual or they know there's something there but don't know what. And I... I know I believe because I've just came through so much and I I shouldn't be here today, but because I'm here today, I can't say there's not a God, right? So um, I like, I'm a historian. I like to prove God with history. Um, there are multiple cultures in the ancient world who has proven the great flood there are multiple there are chariots in the red sea and horse bones and no egyptian pharaoh or egyptian general would send out horses and chariots that cannot swim into a body of water but that proves the story of moses that he parted the red sea and there were um, chariots who went down in the depths of it. And after the Israelites escaped from the ocean body, the water um, went back into place. And then um, science has even proved that there that has been a phenomenon that is a once in a millennia thing to where the winds kick from the west and the east at the same time until water itself begins to split from itself for a few moments. And um, we can go into death. I believe there's a soul, and almost every religion believes there's a soul, but it's very special to me what how they proved it. Um, they weigh the dead body before it 
was when they were alive and after they died, immediately after they died, uh, counting in the feces that they lose and the, of course, um, regurgitation, the body fluids that they lose when you die. Um, and then saying there is just about five or so pounds that are missing from the equation and they did it on not one not two not three not four not five not six they did it on hundreds literally hundreds of bodies and all have resulted in the same that there is a missing calculation that there has to be something that's missing and all that we can prove is that that was a soul at one point and so what you're Once saying is, if leave, I want to lose a couple of pounds, all I got to do is, you know, <laughs> digital die. Quick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> What's the point? Pretty, What's the point? What's the uh, point, yes. right? But once you, uh, I even hear testimonies of atheists who were working in hospice, hospice, the end of life care, and they say there's a certain feeling that they get once someone has died and gone it feels like a cold breeze and that they're going somewhere they there has been people who have seen ghosts and who have seen spirits there are people who were in a coma and say they saw the gates of heaven and they saw Jesus and he told them it is not your time yet sent them back to earth to make disciples and they've done so i i think that it's just too many coincidences to be a coincidence. Um, there was in Rome. Are you telling me the most um, pagan, um, pagan nation, pagan empire on the face of the earth just all of a sudden said Jesus is Lord? The same people who executed him. Um, there was a Roman centurion, and this is not just Bible. This is history who, when Jesus died, the literal sun refused to shine and clouds immersed as soon as the man died and descended to hell um, to, of course, steal the keys from death, hell, and the grave. Um, but the, the Roman centurion bowed down and said, surely this is the Son of God. So I, I, there are just too many coincidences to be a coincidence um one more example and then i'll let me tell his testimony but um nebuchadnezzar a man who was so narcissistic that he built a, a golden image of himself uh, the bible says it was of one of his gods but it was actually of himself and he built the image up made of pure gold and it stood 10 cubits high and 20 cubits wide and he told everyone in the city once you hear the sounds of the cornets the flutes the trumpets the the pastry all of the music that ye shall bow down and worship the golden image and there were three israelites who said we will not bow they went into the fire and Nebuchadnezzar said, put him in the fire and put it three times hotter because he was so obsessed with himself. He could not imagine anyone not bowing to him and not submitting to him. How dare you not submit to the king of um, the great Babylonian empire? How dare you uh, be burnt and cast in the fiery furnace? And the three Israelites, the three Hebrew boys are cast in the fiery furnace. 
and the Babylonian history and the Bible record this, that there were four men loose in the fire, bound in the, there was, there was three men in, and there were four men now loose in the fire, and the three men came out of the fire without a burn mark on them, fine, perfectly walking, until Nebuchadnezzar himself converted to Christianity. This oh, converted to Judaism at the time because Jesus, of course, was not there and started to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it is just too much coincidence to be a coincidence. Um, before I say my thing, I think one thing that I can also, you know, just um to pick off of that too, one thing that I believe always um in my because I I often struggle with um believing it I I often struggle with believing in God myself sometimes, even now like I'm, I'm just gonna go to my testimony. Right I was raised basically in church. I was raised in church, but even before then, my my family always tells me, "You were just a church. You just you just love." god when you were a kid like i i would always um <clears throat> just go around the house just preaching and i would go around the house just like i would like i would get like a little stand and i would be preaching to absolutely nobody i'd preach you to chairs i'd be preaching to um a sofa and um at the time i never knew what i was saying of course but i always just had that you know i, I was and it's an odd thing for a child to do it's an odd thing for a child just to readily you know Say, oh, I love God. I know God, and I and I just I just felt like I knew God. I felt like I, it was who I was in the beginning. And, you know, when you become a teenager, you kind of you don't have that mentality all the time anymore. You kind of think differently, uh, and I I did indeed think differently. And I and I kind of would always question my faith. I would always question my beliefs, and I would always question, is this God thing even real? And I even do sometime, and I feel like um as I I think it was last year or two years ago, um. I started getting into, you know, understanding the facts a little bit more. I started researching more. I started understanding more. And, um, you know, like I like I said, it's just so many coincidences. And it's like, just like, see, I'm a history guy, too. I can I can tell you a lot about science. I can talk to you about the Big Bang Theory a little bit. I can talk to you about some little things in science, but I'm just not a big science person. And um his science has always, has always been just a weird thing that's for me to explain. It's always a hard thing to talk about, but whenever it's come down to history, um, it's just kind of, one of, to me, it's two things, history and the culture of our world today. You know, to just be honest, um, Christian and Christianity is really a talk down religion. It's really a talk down faith a lot. And, um, a lot of people make fun of it. You know, a lot of people like to say different things about this, but when it comes down to other different religions, like, um, for example, like um, Islam and all the other religions, they respect it. But when it comes out of Christianity, we're just seeing like, these like little weird people that just end up talking about their faith. And some of the things we talk about, you know, they'll talk about us. Like, for example, people will talk a lot about, I know this is a very controversial topic, just bring up and I'm just going to bring it up and I'm not going to talk about it all because I'll say that for another conversation if we end up having it. For example, you know, people will talk about, you know, Christians and their views on the LGBT community, Christians and their views on abortion, other stuff like that. And we'll get talked on really much on that stuff. But when it comes down to other religions like Islam and all those other religions that really you don't want to mess with those topics when you're around them, because they will they will literally kill people over that stuff. Like that. And they are currently if you go to the countries that are really rooted in those faiths and stuff. 
I'm reading, I read a book about that, Persepolis, and it's crazy, but I'm not kidding. But um, people, people do worse stuff than that, and Christians, we don't do nothing about it. Christians just love. And, you know, it's always been that loving, and it's always been that loving um, connection. It's always been that history. And it's always just been the culture that really has made me realize that this has to be real because it doesn't make sense. For example, just like just like this, just like random things, like you know, um, why would why why would there be? They teach us in schools about Jesus. They're literally teaching us in schools when they teach you about Rome, and you might not be there yet. But when they teach you in world, world history. When they teach you about Rome and they teach you about that country, they always will mention how they they talk about Jesus because Jesus was a big part of the Roman of Roman Empire. Because I, and like my center said, they switch us to they switch to Christianity really fast. Not fast, but like how come that country that like did not wasn't a Christian at all, and then one day they just convert to Christianity. It's that's a crazy thing for me to believe, and it's crazy for me to just think it was a coincidence. And it's just, there's too many things like that that just doesn't make sense. And, you know, um, there's just certain things that I hear from, and I do hear people telling me a lot about, you know, because I've had a lot of people try to, we feel like we don't, I don't call it debates. We just have conversations about, oh, is Jesus real? You know, we talk about stuff like that. And I've had so many, you know, times where me and my friends will talk about it. And we've gotten a lot in those conversations. And honestly, I've learned a lot from those conversations in general and they've helped me you know understand more help me research more but when it's always come down to my faith and i and i still struggle sometimes like you know and i'm young and i'll be honest i, I struggle a lot with certain things i struggle a lot as a teenager the teenager deals with and you know um really i always try to i've been trying to you know get back in my faith you know sometimes i still struggle but i've been trying to build my relationship with god but you know, that's kind of where my faith is. You know, I, I believe in God. I love God. It's just building my relationship with him in a better, putting it in a better position and continuing to trust him in certain stuff. But like I said, always been a church kid. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to learn more. I struggle. alone we all. So that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Now the moment you've been waiting for, you want to know how I became a Christian. I know, I know. So I'm going to keep it curious around the world. Yeah. It but is a philosophical question that has been going on for years. How did Macindo Smith become a Christian? Nobody knows you. <laughs> I am known within my community. But anyway, I was raised in a Three different churches. I was raised in uh, Los Angeles Church of God in Christ. I was raised in City of Refuge, which is a apostolic church um, in the Pentecost Assembly of the World. Then I was raised in Evening Star Missionary Baptist Church, which is a uh, more traditional uh, Southern Baptist church. So these three influences on my life. One Sunday, I saw people dancing, shouting, crying. I, I saw robes. I saw collars. I, I saw all the traditional garments. And I saw people, women in huge, beautiful hats. And um, that was a very 
Um, I, I wouldn't call it contemporary. I'm talking about Los Angeles now. I wouldn't call it contemporary, but I would call it a mix of conservatism and contemporaryism um, in our denomination. And it was a Pentecostal church, but one that is world known worldwide. But you also saw their traditionalism come into it. And there was no doubt about it that they were uh, in the Church of God in Christ. Uh, then the next Sunday, I was in this fully liberal, contemporary, apostolic church where half people weren't in suits, people weren't in dresses. Women came in just jeans, and men came in jeans and a t-shirt. And it's a very laid back. There was lights, and it was a laid back kind of worship experience, kind of worship style. And um, then I was put the next Sunday, I was put into this uh, Southern Baptist church where um, no one's shouting, no one's dancing. Um, Sometimes people have a Baptist fit, what we call a Baptist fit, which is just screaming out of nowhere because the Spirit of the Lord may touched you, laid, laid a fingertip on you, as old Baptists used to say, Spirit laid a finger on you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the ushers would take him out immediately. As soon as I heard, yeah, ushers would remove him from the church because that's not what you did in that setting. And they would try to fan it away because you know you were in a very conservative, traditional Southern Baptist church. And I loved all three churches, though, but all three were very, very different. But I loved God and I had a real passion for God. Like Lee said, when I was growing up, I wanted to pastor. Um, my grandfather was a pastor, the late Reverend uh, M.W. Brent. He pastored that church, uh, Evening Star. Uh, he was a very conservative Southern Baptist preacher himself. But um, I wanted to pastor a church. I, I wanted to be in it. I, I, I was. I have the name. I remember the name from when I was little. I was going to call it Temple of Holiness Church of God in Christ, and uh, I just wanted to be like them, the people I saw every Sunday. But after I came into middle school, something just—I mean, I drew back. Right. I didn't want God like I used to want God. I went into things that I shouldn't have went into. And I did things that was of the world. And I knew it was of the world, but it was fun to me. And I wanted to continue to do that because I liked it. And I liked doing it. And God was not on the forefront of my mind anymore. I didn't want to go to church anymore. I wanted to go to parties. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to go to the mall. I wanted to go shopping. I wanted to go to parties. I wanted to do all sorts of things that weren't of God and that weren't reflecting what I was brought up to be. I started to cuss a lot. I started to uh, do things that really I was not raised to do. And during the COVID pandemic, I basically totally lost my faith. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with God anymore. How could a loving, merciful, precious God allow this to happen 
and allow so many people to die? How, how can it be? How can it happen? And I said to myself, it, it was a few months after that, and I got a realization. It was like a wake-up call. And I swear I heard this. I just saw a man who looked like my grandfather over my bedside, and he's told me, get back to holiness. And I woke up so fast, drenched in sweat, I didn't know what to do. But I started to study the Bible more. I started to reclaim my faith more. And I started to go in the Bible more. And my calling, I knew, was to evangelize. And that has been on my heart since 2020. The Great Commission is what I believe. I, I could care less what denomination uh, wants me. I could care less what denomination I'm a part of. Right now, I'm a proud member of the Church of God in Christ, uh, first jurisdiction of Southern California, where my bishop is, the Bishop Joel Ely. But if that's not where God wants me to be in the future, let it be. The only goal I have right now is to help spread the good news of the Lord Jesus. I know what it means to be lost. And I wondered, how can they say a loving God allow such evil things to happen? You know, um, this morning I went to school and I saw a notification on my phone. Three dead in a Nashville school shooting. And I said, how? How? Just how? And don't think just because I am a blood-washed believer and call on the name of Jesus. Don't think just because I'm all that, that I don't question God. Oh, I question God. I ask the Lord, how could you let this happen? Three innocent children who did nothing dead. How could you allow this? He didn't answer me. <laughs> so don't think just because I'm a Christian I'm still not struggling because I struggle every day and I struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle but a message my bishop preached a long time ago is just one hour and I have to every time I want to give up I have to listen to that message and it just talks of, and he goes on to say, um, it may be hard sometimes. I know it may be hard sometimes, but just say, can I make it for God just one more hour? And then after you reach that hour, can I make it for God another hour? And then after you reach that hour, can I make it for God another hour? And the hours will become days and the days will become weeks and the weeks will become months and the months will become years and the years will become decades and when you make your final um when you breathe your final breath you can and enter in the gates he will say well done my good and faithful servant enter in the joy of the lord it gets hard sometimes it gets difficult sometimes of course but you have to be willing to try and live for God. 
are you willing to live for him just one more hour? And every time the clock hits, right now it's 9.30. And once the clock hits 10, you tell yourself, can I make it for God one more hour? And after the clock hits 11, go to sleep because you have no reason being up after 11. But once you wake up the next morning, you ask yourself, can I make it for God one more hour? And sometimes you're going to fall and sometimes you're going to fail, but that's okay. Start fresh and say, can I make it for God this rest of the hour? I know I fail, but can I still live for him just after that? Because what I was telling to Jelani a few days ago is that God is such a forgiving, loving, merciful God. He Everything that you did in the past, once you say, Lord, I messed up, I've fallen short, but I want to try to do right now. I want to be right now. Forgive me for what I've done. Your sin is tossed in the sea of forgetfulness. He forgives you just like that. You don't have to do any extra things for it. He forgives you immediately. So even when you fall, you say, okay, I, I fell for about 10 minutes, but can I make it God the rest? Of, can I live for God the rest of the hour? But that's how um, the original question was, how, what brought you to Christ? What brought, I was raised in it, but I fell away and came back. We're all born again Christians. I'm like the prodigal son, though. I fell away. I wanted to do my own thing, wanted to let my own life, did it. I was going to hell in style. <laughs> and I looked good. I did not look raggedy. I felt good. But there was something missing. And I said, It has to be God. I went to the church and I prayed and I prayed and I got saved again. and. I'm trying, it's hard, but I'm trying to live for God the best way I know how. I try to get people saved the best way I know how, just telling them that somebody loves you. It's not all condemnation, just telling you there's somebody who cares for you, somebody who loves you. That's all That's all it takes. Man, we got, we got far with that. Yeah. As I can tell, Masinda was like the preacher of the group. Yes. <laughs> you said something about um you know sometimes we always ask ourselves if god why would god allow stuff like the like certain things to happen and i always think and i and i, and I was reading genesis today and i went back to the tree and i call this the tree yeah. and i remember i went to a church conference around last year in the summer and the preacher brings out this ginormous tree. He's um, yeah. Tim. He's like, he brings out this ginormous tree. And at first, I was confused. I'm like, why is there a big tree on the stage? How'd they get a big tree on the stage? How'd they get a big tree in the church? But that's not the point. The whole Called point, a tree conference. <laughs> the whole point he was trying to make with the tree was that the tree in the Garden of Eden represented God free will and limits. Yeah. And I believe that tree and that, that whole event of, you know, them eating from the tree, them, the serpent, all that stuff, that represents the dynamic of our relationship with God and how we trust him. Um, in a relationship with God, God 
you know, he was with Adam, he was with Eve, and he said, I love you guys. I've created I've created this I've created this garden for you guys to be in. This is your space. This is yours. But I'm gonna add, but here's a twist. There's a tree that I do not want you to eat from. You will not eat from that tree. Okay? And they're like, okay, cool. I ain't coming to the tree. I'm fine. And then the serpent comes along and he says, Y'all should eat from the tree. And they're like, I don't think so. Like, you should eat from the tree. They're like, okay, I'll try it. And they eat from the tree and they leave. And and they kicked out of the garden and they have to survive on their own. And then evil's on the earth. Yeah. And I feel like when you think about this really, um, God gave gives us free will. He is not yeah. holding us by the neck to not do stuff. He gives us the choice. And in any relationship, there's limits. And within our relationship with God, we have boundaries, I believe. We have things, we have limits and stuff. And sometimes we can cross those limits. And sometimes we can go beyond there. And I believe the tree represented limits. Now, what does that have to do with free will? I'll, I'll explain. When it comes to free will, we tend to always, when, not free will, when it comes to problems in the world, I feel like we blame God a little too much on these things. Yeah. When it comes to free will, we always are like, oh, why did God do this? Why did God do that? Why did... And sometimes we have to think of it like this. God gave us free will. We see that in the garden. Sometimes, just maybe sometimes, some of the stuff that happens in the world is not God's fault. Sometimes, yeah. at the end of the day, we're, you, if, we, if you read the Bible through and through, you can even you don't even have to read the Bible fully. You can just know by reading just a couple of passages that humans mess up all the time. God yeah. sets this boundary. God sets this limit, and we end up like going way past it. God sets the Ten Commandments. I I don't even have to. We've literally probably broken every commandment God has set for us. I never murdered anyone. Well, not that, but like <laughs> in our world, in our society, we've probably. We, as a society, we have probably broken almost every command, commandment. Just, I mean, people have been murdered, murdering people. We've gone through, we've like at least broken every commandment in our world. And it's a shame. And we always tend to go back. And I, and I always, and before I blame God for stuff like that, I always think to myself, I, I, I have more sympathy. I, I grieve more over our world and I grieve over the people. Then blame me. And I've kind of gotten better with that because I used to be like, God, why are you doing this? What's going on? Why don't you have control over this? And then I have to remind myself, you gave us free will. People make the choice to do the things they want to do. And God, and I feel like um, sometimes things happen that sometimes are in God's will, we see is bad. But some of these things that God have, does that we can, we can often think is a bad thing. Are things that are meant for us? They meant to teach us. Meant to like, you know, we're going, like for example, people will always, you know, they get out of relationship and be like, God, why did that relationship end? Why did you make that? And it was so perfect. And at the end of the day, God had something better. And we always end up saying, Oh, that's a bad thing. We speak, make everything a bad thing sometimes. But sometimes these things are things that are meant that what we're meant to go through, that we're meant to experience. That God has a better thing. And sometimes it's always sometimes it's in our best advantage. But like I said, when it comes down to stuff like that, it's always it's always fascinating to, you know, look at, you know, the mistakes that people have made in the Bible and just going through how how God really gave us free will and how he really sets the decision for us to follow him 
and, and and the beauty the beauty of it all is that we can literally run to him whenever you make we make make a mistake we yeah. can go back to him we can always be there for him and i feel like sometimes we even meet even though we sometimes don't take a we take advantage of that yeah. it's so fascinating yeah. to see how much god loves us in a sense yeah. and i feel like god loves us so much that he that he did give us free will so that we can genuinely have a relationship with him because we decided to have that relationship with him because we decided not to do something because that's what he said for us. So that's all I got to say about that. Cause he said it and I was like, I was talking, I studied this, I studied this today and I'm, I just yeah. to talk about it. So that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're almost just give us five more. Coaching. It's like twelve. <laughs> it's like twelve forty for me, y'all. I think it's like I think it's like eight o'clock for them, y'all. And I'm like, it's twelve. It's nine thirty. Nine thirty nine. Yeah. Nine thirty nine. So you, I, I think your 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 three coaching minutes needs to be three denominational minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's close up with any new songs y'all heard. Gospel, worldly. I don't care. Any new songs y'all heard? You want to recommend to my elevation worship? What about you, Mr. Hawes? Um, I don't think the songs I listen to are um gospel friendly. It's okay. We all listen to music outside of the gospel genre. I believe all of us have rap on our playlist. No, not me. I'm not a rap guy. Oh, see, he's too saved, sanctified, holy ghost, good and five baptized. I listen to like a mix of R&B and jazz. But okay, but still, it. still, that's away from God. Go ahead, recommend the people. If you, don't, if you don't feel comfortable recommending a song, what about a show? A show you recently watched or something? Movie? Anything? I watched on my Huh? Lee? You want it? He already, he already recommended a song. He doesn't get to talk again. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> um, I was saying I can recommend a, a band that I do indeed like. Their name is Set It Off. Um, S E T I T O F F. Sure, we all know how to spell simple words. Yeah, you had to spell it out. You never know. Um, I recommend album Dua- Duality. Duality, it's a very good album. And bring us back to Jesus, since he took us so far out in the ocean. <laughs> um, wow. the song I would recommend. I've just found it. Um, I found it a couple of days ago, but it's My Jesus by Anna Wilson. Oh, I love that song so much. We do this every week. I'm just telling you right now. I'm a big Elevation worship fan. I, I go to Elevation Church, so like. If we do this, if y'all ask me every week what my favorite worship song is or my favorite song is, I'm going to say something from Elevation Worship, probably. <laughs> That's all right. That's and, all right. And, and they have a new album coming out. So just, you know, I'm going to probably go crazy with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for joining us um, for our first episode. It's been a pleasure. We've had some fun time. We had some good times. We will see you next week on Generation of Faith. 
Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Peace.